currently in this series. We're uh, looking at I'm going through it. And it's from the passage in the Bible that we're looking at is Psalm 23. And apart from the past couple of months, or maybe it might be the last year for you, there's been a real cumulative effect of just the responding to change, the uncertainty, new things happening, new problems, combined with disappointments, setbacks. And, you know, it just continually adds to the stress that we feel we're going through it. But I just hope as we continue in this series that with God's help, instead of I'm going through it, we change to I'm going through it and that we live victoriously with God's help and the way that He wishes us to live. And we should keep in mind that Psalm 23 is an expression of the protective care and the confidence of our, we have confidence in the protective care of our God. And despite the difficulties, fears and struggles, He is with us and He deeply loves and cares for us and what we might face in life. For those of you who may not recall this Psalm 23, you may not know it at all. Let me just read it now. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for, my, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And so far in the series, Pastor Sean has been covering verses one to three. And because of Pentecost Sunday last week, he covered verses five to six. But today I want us to focus on verse four. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And so the title of my message this morning is Smile at the Shadow. If you don't feel like you've got a lot to smile at lately, have a practice, smile. So let's look at the first part of verse four. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. You know, the first thing we need to notice, a shadow has no substance to it. If you feel like you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, let's think about that for a moment. A shadow has no substance to it at all. It's not permanent, nor does it have any power whatsoever. And after a little time, it's gone. If there's a shadow that makes you full of fear, know this, it has no power. It has no power at all. There's no shadow can do anything to you. There's nothing to grab. There's nothing to touch. Have you ever tried to grab and pick up a shadow? You can't do it at all. So just stand back, fold your arms and confidently smile at the shadow. God's got this. I'm cool. God's got that. There's nothing to fear for God is with you. Why don't you put that in the feed chat this morning? God is with me. A shadow, the second thing is a shadow distorts the truth. Most of the time when we look at shadows, it isn't indicative of the truth, what the object is really like. I have short legs, but when I'm walking, my shadow has lovely long legs. And sometimes I, oh, I wish my legs were just like my shadow. 
When my husband is a teenager, he was in South Africa in an agricultural boarding school, an animal school, and that, and he was so scared of the shadow that he used to continually see down where the animals were. And after a while of just seeing it all the time, being scared, he thought, this is it, whatever my fate is, whoever it is or whatever it is, I'm gonna confront this head on. And all it was was the shadow of a gate with a plastic bag or something else on it that was blowing in the wind and it created this scary, eerie thing but all it was, was a shadow. It was nothing, absolutely at all. You see, the shadows have no power. They just make us see a distortion of the truth or reality. There was this man, John Mason Brown, and he was a drama critic and he was also a speaker and he was well known for his, uh, for his witty and informative lectures. So one of his very first important lectures, he was giving it his all and getting into it and could continually at the side. He could see something mimicking everything he did. And it went on and on again. He was getting so frustrated and trying to keep calm with his lecture. And after quite a long time, he just really stopped and he and it was like, what the, who is doing this? He was so fed up of it. And he just realized it was the light by the side of the slide projectors. For those who are young, they may not remember what a slide projector is, but it was the light by the side of the slide projector and it was nothing at all. Now, was John Brown's shadow real? Of course it was. Does a shadow have the power to control a person's actions? Of course not. It can only mimic us. But in John Brown's case, his shadow did can take control momentarily. Why? Because he allowed himself to be distracted by it to the point that he completely forgot what he was there for. He was more focused on what he saw in the shadow than reality. He was more focused on the shadow than reality. And we can live our lives like that. We can get so focused on what we think we see in a shadow that we totally miss what's actually real. We're living in darkness like the shadow, a total distortion of the truth. And when you start living in darkness, you can't see anything or anyone properly. Your whole life becomes isolated. And the probability of tripping or falling in darkness is very high. It's only when we stay close to the light that we actually see things for what they really are. I love this verse in James 1 verse 17. It says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Also in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, but you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for He has called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. And we each have different names for our valleys, don't we? Embarrassment, humiliation, the end of a relationship, serious illness, financial crisis, homelessness, loneliness, feeling of powerlessness to change a situation, whether it be in our own life or someone else's life, a lack of direction to answers, and the list can go on. But we all are going through our valleys. And sometimes we might feel like, where is God? Where can He be in this valley that I'm going through? The shadow of death is closing in around me and my situation. Where is God and why don't you do something about it? The valley of the shadow of death conjures up this eerie picture. 
as though all hope is gone, nearly lost, and I'm hanging by a thread. But God hasn't left us at all. He's right with us. What have our circumstances got to do with whether God is here or not? God doesn't change. God loves us and He's with us. And if you're still battling to get your head around that, then remember this. You can't have a shadow without light. There has got to be light around for a shadow. So if you think you're stuck in the shadow of death and God has left you, who do you think's providing the light for the shadow? It's God. If there's a shadow, then there's got to be light nearby. And if your God, who is light, is definitely there, that He is there for you. If there's a shadow, a distortion that makes you feel full of fear, know this, it's got no substance to it. So just stand back, fold your arms and confidently smile at the shadow. I've got this. God is with me and I'm not going to fear evil because God is with me. One other thing to remember, when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, you're walking through, not camping there. You're walking through. Don't let the devil deceive you into thinking you're going to be stuck there. With Jesus by your side, you can dance on the devil's playground. I love that idea. So let's look at the second part of the verse. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Philip Keller, a well-known author, says it's the staff that identifies a shepherd as a shepherd. No one in any other profession carries a shepherd's staff. It's an instrument that's designed, shaped and adapted for the care and the management of sheep. It will not do for cattle, dogs, horses or anything else. It's just for sheep. And the slender pole with that little crook at the end of it was used to gently lift a newborn lamb and bring it to its mother when it had been separated. Because, you know, sometimes if the, the mother could sense or smell human hands or the human smell, it could reject it. But by gently just lifting it back to its mother, it reunited it in relationship. And that's what God is like that. He cares for us greatly. It was also to reach and draw a sheep to the shepherd and to bring it to its side for physical examination. The shepherd was concerned for the sheep's welfare. And my gosh, our God is concerned about our welfare and wants to keep us close to him. And the main use of the ancient shepherd's staff, however, was to guide the sheep. The tip of the staff would be laid against the animal's side and a gentle pressure just applied to guide the sheep the way the shepherd wanted it to go. What a beautiful picture of the close and the intimate relationship that we can have with the greatest shepherd of all, Jesus. You know, when I had a beautiful horse 18 years ago, I started learning the Pirelli method of communicating with it. And if you're not familiar with the Pirelli method, you might have seen the film years ago, The Horse Whisperer. Well, it's the sort of method that the horse does. And it's absolutely fantastic. You know, you see these people get on horses and they boot their boots in the side and this sort of thing to get the horse going. You don't need to do that. If you've got a relationship with the Pirelli method, if you've got this trust and this relationship with this horse, you've just got to gently, just gently put your foot on the side of the horse. And depending on which side it is, it knows then whether to start off with its left leg or start off with its right leg. Uh, you can do all sorts of things. I've actually watched a documentary where someone got bareback 
up onto the horse using this Pirelli method, no bridle, no halter, nothing, just bareback, no saddle. And just by even just gently squeezing its leg or nudging or doing this, the horse knew exactly what to do. And I just thought, what, what a beautiful picture that we could have in our relationship with God, with the Holy Spirit that we, we are so close to Him that just the slightest nudge in our spirit to do this and we respond. We don't go, oh, was that God? Oh, I don't know whether I'll do that. We just respond. We know where to go because our trust is in God. We know He's helping. He loves us and He just wants to guide us. And when you know that, you don't have a problem with trusting your life with God because you know everything He does is for our best and our well-being, and He cares for us. And it makes such an incredible difference. And I know in my life, I wanna be so in tune with God that, and I, that when the Holy Spirit says something to me, I, I can hear Him. I can hear Him. It's a great comfort to know that God has got things under control as we allow Him to guide our lives. In 2 Corinthians 1, Verses three to four, it says, God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us also in our troubles so that we can comfort others. In 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 16 to 17, it says, Now may our Lord Jesus Christ Himself and God our Father, who loved us and by His grace gave us eternal comfort and a wonderful hope to comfort you and strengthen you in every good thing that you do and say. And when you make Jesus a part of your life, when you come to a shadow, you need not fear. It is just a shadow. It's nothing more. There's nothing to fear. So you just need to stand back, fold your arms and smile at the shadow. God's got this. He's with me. I don't have to fear. I don't have to worry what's going on because it's not even real, it's just a shadow. It has no power of you, so don't get distracted by it. Keep your focus on God, because He knows what He's doing and you're walking through. You're not camping, you're just walking through. You know, trusting God has nothing to do with your circumstances at all, but everything to do with your relationship with God and how well you know Him. He longs to be in relationship with you because He's the greatest shepherd of all and He cares greatly for you. You know, man's desire for independence of God, all it results is them messing up their life, them sinning, just making a total, total mess and it separates them. It separates you if you do that. It separates you from God and the plan and destiny that He has for your life. And God loves you so much that He was willing to give up His only son, Jesus, to pay the only suitable price, giving His life for your life on the cross, for your sins and all of mankind's sins, once and for all in all time. So you can be freely given, you can live in freedom and be in a relationship with Him. And no matter how much you feel you've stuffed up in life, made a mess, how could God ever, ever forgive me? There is nothing nothing that God, that's so bad that God would never forgive you. Don't let the distortions or the distractions of the shadow you face rip you off from knowing Jesus. It's not about how good you are or how bad you are. It's got nothing to do with that in having a relationship with Jesus. 
It's about how wonderful His grace is to us. His love is for us. His forgiveness is towards us. It's about Him. You couldn't do any more to make Jesus love you. You couldn't do any less to make Him love you. He just loves you. And the good news is that Jesus didn't stay dead, that on the third day, His heavenly Father raised Him to life. And I think that's great because we can have a relationship with a living, live Redeemer and Saviour. He has saved us in life if you want a relationship with Him. 